0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode 118, and the, this one will be entitled The Prince of Providence. You know, like many municipalities, especially bigger ones, Province uh, Rhode Island has had its share of corruption. And like many, large municipalities, that corruption will always be a stigma on the city. In this case, the stigma had run much deeper than we traditionally hear of. And after doing some research I believe that there were certain parts of the corruption in the earlier or later part of the 1990s and all the way up to the mid-2000s that were buried under the rug. In 2016, um, Vincent Buddy Cianci, a two-time mayor of Providence and one of the longest-running mayors in the uh, United States, had passed away. Now, people might say, okay, well, you know, what, what does that mean? Well, in 2002, Siancey had been arrested and convicted of racketeering and had been incarcerated in a federal prison. Now one may say, well, you know what, that's really not a, anything big. I mean, you know, racketeering comes in a lot of forms and, you know, it's, it's one of those crimes that just kind of, you know, it has a broad landscape. Um, but I found some of the statements that were made by people throughout his testimony somewhat concerning One person indicates Cianci is being celebrated as a wildly colorful, open-school politician, but his actual records show that he was brutal, a brutal gangster who used the police force as muscle while he abused and terrorized his victims. Okay, so you know, that's one person's statement that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of always fingers pointing. The judge in the case stated cianci, crooked, but generally generally uh, great. Generally great. I'm not sure how those two words end up in that text, but they seem kind of contradict you know they, they contradict each other, which is a little strange. Um, it seems in the public's eye Siance was well the, the Prince of Providence, while others believed that his personality was like a dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. one of the uh, in, individuals in the court said it appeared there appeared to be two different buddy, uh, buddy seances that came across. The first is a skilled uh, politician, probably one of the most talented politicians Rhode Island has ever seen, who thought quick on his feet. While others... said he engaged in breach of the public's trust and that he served as an, a criminal empire to line his own pockets. Um, and I, I will get into some of the actual Cases now. My my contention in this is it was stated that Siani had been convicted of racketeering. However, I don't believe that's that is the case at all. I don't believe ra- I think racketeering was used as a deflective word. Um, and I will go over some of the some of the things. Siani had been married. Um, uh, obviously to his wife, uh, who Sianci believed was romantically involved with another individual uh, named Raymond uh, DeLeo. So in 1983, Sianci called uh, DeLeo over to the house. DeLeo was a contractor, thought uh, it was a routine meeting. Uh, Instead, DeLeo was immediately frisked by a uniformed police officer and placed in a chair in front of the fireplace, surrounded by the city public works director and a former judge, who also uh, was Cianci's divorce, divorce lawyers. Okay, maybe now I'm thinking something's a little fucked up here. Okay, that would be my thought. Verbatim out of the report. You have been screwing around with my wife, Cianci said. The mayor slapped DeLeon on the head. Go ahead, strike me back. Cianci said, You strike me back, you're going to get a bullet in your head. De Leon reported he noticed Officer Hass, uh, Hassett, who had positioned himself on the side of his chair, move his hand to the holster on his hip in a threatening manner, at which point he feared for his physical safety. Sianci kept smacking DeLeon about the head and daring him to hit him back. He said that the men in the room would swear that DeLeon throwed the first punch. Well, yeah, probably. That's what criminals do. Sianci then produced a, a written confession from, but written by DeLeon, which stated DeLeon had slept with Sianci's wife and agreed that De Leon would pay Cianci $500,000, $500, half a million dollars. If De Leon did not sign the paperwork, Cianci threatened to leverage the power of the city in order to end De, De Leo's life. Okay, so maybe now we can start really getting a better idea of the Prince of Providence. Maybe he wasn't so much of a prince at all. Maybe he was a thug of providence. We seem to intermix our... Moral and ethical thoughts as people. What is really ethical and moral, and who is really a prince and who is not a prince? Uh, uh, De Leon did not sign the contract. Ciencia warned him, "You're gonna, you're gonna leave here tonight, and you're gonna end up with a bullet in your head." De Leon was married told Sianzzi uh, they had nothing to confess and denied any affair. Cianci punctured, uh, punctuated his words with a slap and a punch. He vowed to ruin DeLeo's business, Dilo De would be found dead in the river, so on and so forth. So what does that really mean? Sansa so tried to, try to uh, snuff out his uh, lit cigarette in Deleuze's left eye. Deleuze flinched and groaned. Um, so, so this is what, I mean, you know, nothing for nothing, but this is already setting up a, a kind of a personal profile of what this Prince of uh, Providence was. And the worst thing was that he had uniformed police officers with him. And it's all in court records. So, you know, the police department can have a little tizzy fit and City Hall can have a little fucking tizzy fit. But it's all in court records. So, you know what? Go harass the courts. Uh, the mayor ordered uh, him to stand at attention. Uh, blah, 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 all kind of stupid shit. The other what? The Leo was to get Cianci's certified check for $500,000 by Friday, or he would be dead. D.E.D. Well, Mr. Cianci, that's not how you spell dead, but I guess. Uh, make sure you understand that, Leo. Yes, I understand that, the Leo answered. Cianci insisted that the Leo repeat it. The Leo was feeling dizzy and said that he couldn't because that, he did not understand what he was talking about. So, okay, so here we have an extortionist, you know, and people wonder why I'm running down this avenue. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to run down this avenue. Because I'm going to tell you people something that maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't want to know. I don't know. In 78... John Leatherwood, an aide for Cianci, was found stabbed to death at a local uh, park. So, okay, so what's the link? I don't know what the link is, but all I know is everything that Cianci touched ended up either dying or disappearing to either furthermore su- support the fact of his character i had spoke with an individual i was investigating the roy weber case prior to mr weber's death which was on december 25th 2003 Mr. Weber had gone over to a relative's house in a very expensive business suit. The relative immediately noticed that the business suit was too large for uh, Roy Weber. And when the relative asked him why he bought such a big suit, he said he didn't. He had gotten the business suit from a mayor who lived in the Biltmore. Well, it's a well-known fact which mayor lived in the Biltmore. So the mayor gave him a suit. Relative Further went on to say that. Now let me let me throw some background into Mr. Weber's background. Mr. Mr. Weber was a 19-year-old male prostitute with addiction problems. Um, Mr. Weber had been in the Biltmore. Mr. Weber had gotten a business suit from a mayor that lived in the Biltmore. Mr. Webb admit, Mr. Weber admitted to the relative that he had given oral sex to an individual in the Biltmore. And he was paid four hundred dollars by the individual's Bodyguard. Well, let's put two and two together. How many people in the Biltmore would have a security guard? I don't know. I could probably think of one. So, and then the built the bodyguard uh, paid the paid whoever the money and drove off. So here we have two individuals with associations with with our mayor that turn up dead. The court statements themselves outline the person's character character. And the inability of Weber's case to be solved, to me, is somewhat questionable because there's a lot of people out there on the street. There's a lot of people that knew things on the street. Yeah, Weber, he was he was a male prostitute. He stole from everybody. Typical. But what did Mr. Weber die of? He was shot. Interesting. He was shot DED dead. As far as John Leatherwood, kind of hard to say what that was. That was very personal. Weber was a whoever was a shot once he was a business proposition shot there was nothing violent about it. it was just to get rid of him John Leatherwood was totally different multiple stab wounds close range that was personal yet unsolved. Now you can't tell me with all all of that bodily fluid that was seeping out of Mr. Leatherwood at the time, fingerprints in the car, that there wasn't a hit on something. In the Roy Weber's case, the mysterious man, that black and white photo that goes around, that man is not mysterious. I know who the hell he is. Half of the community and province knows who he is. Not likely to kill anyone, just to let you know I spoke with him. Okay? So, with that being said, things aren't always what you think they are. you know and the funny thing was to conceal his his true intentions he Cianci stated that he was the individual that was going to rid corruption out of province well i don't know but usually what he did we don't we don't get rid of Corruption that way. We arrest it, or we shove them on down the road. But we don't usually threaten to shoot people in the forehead, have cops standing there with a gun, with their whole, their hand on their holster. So you know, and like I said, this is all court. This is all information that is out online, and you can read it, it's in the courts. As a matter of fact, there was also one here, another one, and I will give you the information on that, too. Dead province mayor Buddy Cianci was just a vicious goon. And this was an article from January 29th, I'm trying to figure out what uh, 2016, by Jordan uh, Saget. So maybe you know sometimes what we think is going on isn't really going on. I would like to know, and I'm sure there's people out there that know. What did happen to Roy Weber? What did happen to John Leather Leatherwood? Because there's somebody out here listening that knows. You know, um, you know there were a lot of um, there were a lot of other really harsh stories in here uh, concerning the mayor. Um, you know, I'm not going to read all of them because, quite honestly, they're just as. Uh, it was another one. It was a huge story when the local press discovered that in 66, a woman you met with in law school accused you, this was talking to Siance raping her at gunpoint. Sianci's response, it didn't happen that way. The press said it happened the way it is. So, but, he, you know, okay, so here we go. You know, I'm denying, she's denying, we're all de- de- denying it. This is the third entry within less than a page where this guy's threatening people at gunpoint. Okay? I never took, took three lie detector tests. I never took any lie detector tests. So I don't understand where he's getting that information from. That's why I have trouble with it, with the book. So who's saying this? Your biographer, Michael, Michael Stanton, reported that the detective investigating the incident called it one of the most clear-cut cases of rape. He didn't—he'd seen and said that the woman passed a lie detector test, while you failed three. Sianci is de- denying ever taking any. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but um. For any of you armchair detectives out there that really want to look into a case, I would take a look into the Roy Weber case. I would take a look into the John uh, Leatherwood case, and you may find that there's a lot more to it than we think. You know, I do this podcast. I don't, ha- you know, I don't have time to really look into these things exceptionally deep but I know which facts make sense and which facts don't make sense and you know that's how it goes I don't have time to be really doing in-depth research, not not at this time but I eventually will get around to it, as a matter of fact when we get off the phone today I am talking to uh, I will be interviewing the relative who reported that um, Roy Weber did in fact um, get that business suit in the Biltmore Hotel from the mayor's apartment. And that will be I'm not going to use any names. Um, the only reason I'm using Cianci's name was because it's, it's public record. Normally I don't do that. Uh, court statements are public records, so, you know, it's just repeated information. But once I, um, once I speak with this individual, I will ask him some questions in cop terms and see if we can start closing the uh, this loophole on um, the Roy Weber case. I think it's a case that can be solved. No, I think I think the um, the leather, Leatherwood case can be solved, and there was another case. Um, I'm trying to remember the young man's name. He was a college student. he had gone to a bar uh, owned by police officer in the town. Ended up dead a mile and a half down the road they said he jumped into the water and drowned himself while the footpath is 60 feet away from the stream so getting a, little, getting a few more questions here so um, with that stuff in mind I am Michael C. Bouchard the host of the Night Stalker podcast series and this is episode 118 and I will see you on 119 and we will be talking about some something totally different